everyone to the Get Shit Done podcast. It's yours truly, Julie Jones, with the adventures of Julie Jones, where each and every week I bring you amazing guests from around the world. And I know, I know you are always wondering in each and every week whether I'm telling you the truth or giving you a big fat lie. But I'm sorry to disappoint you that this is the truth again, because I just happen to know amazing people from around the world. And of course, this week's episode is no different. So I would love to welcome, and I believe, you know, like when you earn a title that you get introduced by your title. So Dr. Michael Overholt, welcome to the show. (laughs) I haven't been called that in a long time. I really appreciate it. All right. Well, I'll just refer to you as Doc then. <laughs> uh, you can call me anything. Just call oh, me. I, oh, well, that's that's an open ended that's an open ended statement. Well, all right. I'll just go with Michael. So you know, although it, does that is that like sound like you know you're getting yelled at when they say Michael? Do you go by Michael or do you go by Mike or how do what, no, what do you know? Second half of life, I'm leaning into Michael. Um, I I kind of was Mike from college and up through the mid forties. And when I made the switch to entrepreneurial space, I kind of went back to Michael. It's been, it's felt good. It is. It's yeah. a good, strong name. Good, strong oh, name, right? You. In fact, I have St. Michael, the Archangel on my- Get out. Oh my word. You're yeah. wearing me. Yes, I am. I'm wearing St. Michael. So he's always in my my life. He's big and bold and proud. So yeah, he's the dragon Michael, slayer. Yeah, well, he and he also, he's also the patron saint of police officers. So, okay. but I was already out of law enforcement by the time that I got St. Michael, but I'm just so drawn to him. Anyway, yeah. enough about St. Michael. St. Michael must be with us this morning as we're <laughs> recording this podcast, but let's turn the party over to you. So, why don't we get started with you introducing yourself, who you are, what makes you unique, you know, what you do bring to the party. So, the floor is yours. Oh, wow. Yeah, so um, my name is Michael Scott Overholt, and I wear the middle name rather proudly now, too, because it gets better SEO than just without <laughs> without it. Um, but I am a former college professor, um, writing instructor, writing teacher, who transitioned to um, content creation, copywriting, and LinkedIn marketing strategy about a year ago. And the learning curve has been absolutely vicious, but really enjoyable. And so in terms of what I bring to the table, that's a little unique. My background is ancient languages, love languages. Um, I had to learn to read <clears throat> ancient Greek and Latin and German and French and Portuguese and Italian and all the Romance languages to do research. But I just, I, I love really like paying attention to keywords and and not keywords in like the SEO sense, but more in the terms of like what really seems to be snapping for people. And um, and what I've also found, this has been a little bit of a, a surprise to me, is that I love networking. I love meeting people. I love, um, I've met so many great people um, in this business and getting them to connect with each other is so much fun. I, I didn't realize that really about myself, but I love connecting people to each other. So that's what I do. Well, I love that. And I love the idea that you studied ancient languages like that. Like, I think that's something new. I just learned about Mm. you and that you had to be able to read them. So. Yep. Not talk them, read them, (laughs) which is a big difference. (laughs) 
<laughs> well, I promise. I, I, trust me, you know, I, uh, I, I know like very few words anymore, but I went, when I was in high school and a little bit in college, I took Spanish, right? Now mm-hmm. I can read Spanish fairly well. But when it comes to speaking it, it's like, no hablo espanol. <laughs> <laughs> Even down but, there in Phoenix and Scottsdale? Yeah, yeah, well, you know, it's like you have to be able to do the important things like um, donde es, uh, you know, baños. <laughs> is that <laughs> you know, how you get to the bathroom, bathroom right? <laughs> yeah. You know, or dos cervezas, por favor. Like, you know, I mean, like these, these you know, well, the college, the college party tricks, right? Like, okay, yeah. you got to know how to say those kinds of things in yeah. Spanish. But do you have a favorite language? Is there a language that you really loved? Um, mm. Or is that one of your, that's one of your favorites? Because I find it interesting. I don't think I've ever met anybody who has really studied ancient language. Yeah, I, I was a Hellenist, so I studied ancient Greek primarily, and I love ancient Greek philosophy. So I, I've kept up with it. Um, I try to read a little bit every day just to stay stay up with it. Um, but yeah, hands down, of all of them, the ancient Greek was was the most fascinating. So now, do you have your doctorate in ancient languages as well? Is that what you taught as a college mm. professor, or did you teach something else? I taught other things, but that is what my doctorate was in. It was in classical languages. Um, I ended up teaching rhetoric right before I got into copywriting. So that actually was a nice transition from, you know, doing like classical mythology and philosophy and, and actually doing persuasive writing and speaking in the rhetoric department at the University of Iowa. And then when I transitioned into the entrepreneurial space, it was persuasive writing in a very different space. But, you know, I was able to transfer some of those things that I'd been teaching and go to more the application route. This is how you get people to click on something and get their attention. That's right. Yeah, you gotta, it's, it's all about getting people's attention. So mm-hmm. why the transition? Like, what was it? Was there a catalyst or was there something that one day you just decided and you said, that's it? I'm done studying <laughs> Greek. And I'm going to start speaking Greek, you know, because like <laughs> SEO and content and all this kind of stuff, for a lot of people, it is almost like a different, a completely different language, right? I mean, like learning totally. and even networking, like, you know, you talked about networking, like that is a skill set that not everybody has, right? And so <laughs> the idea behind like, you know, you're doing a lot of new things. So talk a little bit about what was the catalyst and, you know, what you find yourself, you know, loving that you're doing right now. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I was kind of pushed into it. And I mean, if you want to use the analogy of like a baby bird being pushed out of a nest, that's what it felt like. I had a couple of, I think what some people would call life quakes. Um, I started a business. I, I recognized that there were some changes going on above me in the university sphere. And I was like, I think I need to get something kind of going on the side. So I did. And that was a content writing business. That LLC in May, I was told in June that the university could not renew my contract because of budget cuts. And then July, I got divorced. And so it was May, June, and July that just completely shifted my life around. And I had to figure out, okay, I need I need to be able to do something where there's not a cap on what I can learn or what I can learn or earn. And this was this is the route that I ended that seemed most viable given my interest in writing and my interest in people in general. I love people and it just made sense to 
to really leverage those skills that I felt like I had with people in writing and find a way to monetize it. And so how has that journey been? I mean, like, is there a, uh, I guess, cause it's like, listen, let's be honest. Okay. <laughs> like I am so honest and transparent on sometimes these things. Being an entrepreneur is not for sissies. Okay? Oh my gosh. Like, I did a doctorate and I will tell you that being an entrepreneur is a hell of a lot harder than, than doing a doctorate. All right. You yeah. heard it first people like those of yeah. you. And here's what I know. I know that I'm unemployable these days because I've, you know, been working for myself for, for so long. And I know that <laughs> I'd get hired for a job and I'd be telling everybody else what to do and they would fire <laughs> me anyway. Right. But the, it's a lot of tenacity, right? And it's a lot of grit and it's a lot of resilience. And it's, it's so many of these things that, you know, like some days can be, you're on like, you know, cloud nine, top of the mountain. And then the next day you're like in the valley <laughs> and like, yep. you know, like feeling like you're going to sink or swim. <laughs> so, yeah. But has there been a, like a favorite part to your journey thus far? Like, do you, cause you mm-hmm. talked about SEO, you talked about content writing, mm-hmm. networking, that kind of thing. You know, what has, what have you been most drawn to on this journey thus far? You're talking about from a personal and professional perspective. Yeah. Both of those. Yeah. So I'll start with the professional part of it. Um, yeah. I mean, the part that I've, I've been most, I'm an ideas person. So the thing I've been drawn to the most was how do systems work together? And that was the biggest learning curve was, especially with LinkedIn marketing is how, how do you make this beast work for you? Because I was very much focused on, you know, the idea that if I had good writing, people would flock to my services and I could, you know, make money that way. And that's bullshit. I'm, I'm allowed to say shit. This is, oh yeah, you are. Really this good. is a get shit right. done podcast. You're good. So, <laughs> so I re- like what I realized about like just having like a content only focus was that that was like a build it, they will come mentality that just doesn't work. So learning how I was really drawn to the way the systems worked together and primarily like the, the networking, the engagement and the content systems, like making that work. So that big picture was a lot of fun for me to, to realize and then to say, okay, how can I help people? How can I help people make this thing work for them? So that was, that's been fascinating for me. Um, from a personal standpoint, this has been such a reinvention of like a person, like a, I'm a different person from what I was a year ago or t- two years ago. And um, there have been a couple of key writers that have spoken a lot to me. One of them, it's kind of from down in your neck of the woods. Um, her name is Rebecca Solnit. And um, she has this book called A Field Guide to Getting Lost. And in this one passage, she describes what it's like to reinvent yourself. And she says that, you know, we could probably get distracted with this idea of like learning to navigate new landscapes and all this kind of stuff. And she said, basically, what it comes down to is this willingness to do what is next, this collaboration with chance that she describes it. And that has been a fascinating metaphor for me to look at what's going on in my life as an entrepreneur coming from academics, going into an entrepreneurship and being like, how do I, how do I do this? And just having to be like being willing to do what's next. Um, I posted yesterday about 
how in the early parts of the business, you have to be willing to do things that are not scalable. And there's such an emphasis to scale your business, scale your business, scale your business. And you have to be willing to do what's not scalable. And if you think of it in terms of like a, a rocket being launched, that initial engine phase will not get you to the moon. It gets you off the ground, but it's unsustainable. And then you have to go to the second stage and the third stage before you really can start to climb. And learning, just being willing to do that that next thing that's in front that I've got to do, whether it's scalable or not scalable is not the question. It's, does this need to be done and how do I get this done? Well, and I love that because that really talks about, well, first of all, people tuning into their intuition, right? Mm -hmm. Because sometimes you know, that our intuition is spot on. And for whatever reason, as human beings, a lot of times we decide to ignore it. But it's really the idea of saying yes, and then figuring out, you know, what the (laughs) steps are that are going to go along with that, right? I mean, it really, it really is because as an entrepreneur, and, and there's so many ways that we could go with this conversation, because I've done a lot of things, you know, quite honestly, you know, like the networking, 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 but is it always producing a result? Mm -hmm. Here's the thing after 20 years of networking in the Arizona Valley here that I have decided, you know, that it's always looking at, okay, what's the best use of my time? I still love to network, but more focused, you know, more focused networking groups, you know, I'm not doing the spray and pray right? It's like more of a, of an idea of like, okay, we're going to build relationships and we're going to network just like you and I built a relationship and we were introduced on LinkedIn, right? So it's building, 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 and then being able to, you know, help people with those referrals. And the fortune is in the follow-up and people have heard that probably a million times. However, the problem is, is that if you're networking, 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 and you're spending all this time, and then you're not following up with the people that you met, it's like, it's a misconception that people think that they're busy, but they're not being productive. They're Mm -hmm. busy being busy. And oh, that's great. You can tell yourself all day long as an entrepreneur, oh, I'm so busy. However, how is that really turning into an income for you, right? Mm-hmm. Cuz you you've got to have kind of the the balance counterbalance of both, you know, focused in what you're doing, not spray and pray. I mean, what are your thoughts on that? Yes, totally agree. I mean, constantly taking um inventory of what is this, you know, is this really serving my ultimate goal, you know, um which I you know, I would say has been for me one of the one of the key questions I've I've asked myself instead of like you know how can I make more money or whatever is like how can I add more value to my clients and but even there what you know there needs to be a, an ROI right so that you can continue doing what you what you love doing and um, it is really easy especially especially for those of us who like systems to get a system and get it going and kind of get comfortable working in that system without ever really evaluating is the return on investment worth my time and effort? It feels good because I'm ticking boxes, I'm getting shit done, I'm doing all this stuff, different stuff. But is it really, is it really actually serving my needs? And I've seen a lot of people, especially when it comes to like content writing, they they think that it, it, it's like, okay, so I'm, I'm doing content, I'm making content now. Um, that feels good. I'm going to keep doing that, but not really ever stopping to see like, is this content actually 
having an impact? Is it really getting me what I need? And it was actually through that realization for me that I was like, I was reevaluating my process and I came to the conclusion, what I'm doing isn't working the way that I want it to. How can I, how can I do this differently to get what I, what I ultimately want? Well, and it is like everything we do, it's always feedback, right? Like you, you, you know, you don't want to put something out there and keep putting it out there over and over and over. And then, you know, not knowing what's working, what's not working. And that's why it's great. Like I've seen, um, you know, like a lot of your posts and a lot of what you're doing, because you're also doing a lot on LinkedIn where you've become a trainer as well Mm -hmm. as that's where you're doing a lot of your networking and you're taking it, you know, from online to offline, you know, you're attempting to connect with people in your area that are part of LinkedIn as well. So Mm -hmm. how are you finding that working? And, um, I know why LinkedIn is, you know, basically the platform of my choice. However, why do you like, you know, link it LinkedIn so much? Well, I like LinkedIn because there's an understanding that people are there to do business. Um, just having that assumption is it kind of takes the facade, like it removes the facade. You know, we are there to network and what, but we're there to do business. And I find a great comfort in that being kind of the upfront thing that we're doing. Um, so that's, that's why I like it. Um, now, as far as, you know, the, the local side of things, how that's going, I've, I've started making um, almost all of my businesses is in the online sphere, but what is happening, even this morning, I was connecting with somebody who's here in Iowa city who was like, Oh, I've been away from LinkedIn for a while, but I'm kind of ready to go back and try it again. And our conversation went from not just, you know, what does she need to do to up her profile and kind of update, well, update it, but how can we actually do something with, um, other people who are on LinkedIn, but do it at a local level. We can actually get to see people face to face. Well, that sounds like, you know, I, I, you talked about, well, cause okay. I didn't finish that train of thought because like I got so excited, right. Cause I always <laughs> get excited on these calls is that it's, it's an exciting Avenue. Cause something you talked about earlier before it's about the idea of, you know, like the, the connecting and the collaborating, right? Mm-hmm. So like you start off in a situation where you're helping someone, But when you start to collaborate and you start to really build that relationship, what ends up happening is that people become top of mind. So now when they do have the opportunity to refer business out and somebody says, hey, Julie, you know, I need a great content writer. Who do you know? Well, it's like, well, I've got, you know, who I know that I'm going to introduce them to. And it's because we've built that relationship and, you know, you're, you're top of mind. In fact, for those listening in, I've got to tell you this story about, Michael Scott, because (laughs) hey, Michael Scott, like uh, you know, because I I was so highly impressed. So again, I've been networking for twenty plus years. Um, I love to you know connect in and build relationships, and um, I had gotten to a point where I was just a little bit on the busy side and hadn't really posted very much on LinkedIn and. Michael reached out to me through, you know, kind of private message and said, Hey, is everything okay? I haven't seen anything from you for a while. And I have to say that that is what building a relationship is about and what is, you know, um, good, not only, you know, on a professional side, but on a personal side as well, 
because for a lot of us who are out there and, you know, you're posting stuff and again, you're thinking, is this the whole idea of spray and pray? And you don't know, like if you're really making an impact and when somebody reaches out to you, first of all, to check on your welfare and second of all, because they miss your content, um, you know, I really think that that says a lot about you. So again, like this podcast is going out to, you know, thousands of people and I want to just make sure that they know the caliber of person that you are. Because oh, that really, that really, that really spoke highly, highly to me. So talk about, again, like, I know we're going to go back to content a little bit, but like, this is also intertwined and I want people really to understand this because it still comes back down to building relationships, right? Because you really have to get to know who somebody is before you can help them with effective content, right? Because you're not, again, just putting stuff up there that's generic for everybody else, you really need to know who somebody is. So talk a little bit about that process. About getting to know target audience? Well, target audience, but your your person, right? Because mm. like, if you're going to be writing content for me, you mm. kind of need to know a little bit about my personality mm. and how I speak to people in order yeah. to be helping me with some of that content. Because you're not going to give me something generic, yeah. right? And then all of a sudden I got to try to figure out how to put it in my own voice because right. that defeats the purpose sometimes of hiring somebody. So I know mm. that that's what you do yep. and that you do well, but talk a little bit about, yeah. And you talked about target market too. So talk about a couple of these components. <clears throat> yeah. So, um, when I work with somebody, especially with a, with a LinkedIn marketing strategy, um, the first thing that we do is there's, there's three phases, actually. The first phase is entirely on the profile page. Normally, um, the people that I'm working with, like, take, take the about section or even the banner. Let's, let's go with the banner. Often the banners are really, really cluttered. It's hard to see, like, what this particular person is about. And so we work on the banner and we work on headlines. We work on the about section, but we do all these things that are really ground zero for, for the profile page itself. That's, that's where we start. In that process of writing the about section and redoing the banner, which I try to get to like down to four words if I possibly can, and doing the headlines, that whole process is phase one where I'm not actually writing content, not like posting content for people. I'm just getting to know like, who their target audience is, like what they're all about, and and the three big questions, like who they help, what they help them with, and how they help them. Those are the three big questions. Um, and in that phase one process, which takes about four to six weeks, we're just working on the profile page. And that allows me to really get to know my client and what the what the content pillars are going to be for that second and third phase. Cause the second and third phase is when we're actually writing content and not only daily posts, but then also throwing in a couple of articles every month so that they're, they're being positioned as a thought leader. But that second and third phase is built on top of the foundation that's created by really redoing that profile page and making sure that we know exactly who they're helping, what they're helping them with and how they're helping them. I love that. You know, speaking of LinkedIn, um, the the thought came to mind. I'm actually headed to Nashville next week for Nash Vegas. A, for um, yeah, Nash Vegas. Well, I won't be there for that, but for a networking LinkedIn type of um, 
type of training. So mm. I'm headed um, there. There's a, there's a woman that I have followed for a while on LinkedIn. I'm not sure if you're familiar with her, Dr. Melissa Hanalt. I'm not. All right. Well, I'll have to, you know, get you some contact information about yeah. her. So she's done a lot. And I think, you know, even you following her and what you're doing and your, you know, your set of skills, you know, could go very well hand in hand with, you know, some of the stuff that she's doing mm, as thanks, well. Julie. So, well, so, you know, we're, we're wrapping up the show, but there's still, you know, always a couple questions that I have left. So there's a lot that we've talked about. And so is there anything still on your heart or a message you want to share, or maybe something I didn't ask you and you were just like on pins and needles waiting for me to ask you the question that you could share your brilliance with all of the audience. So, <laughs> so what is it You're that you would still, what is the, what is it that you would still like to share? The most important question is one that I referred to a couple of minutes ago, and that is, and this has been the most transformative question that I have asked myself on a daily basis ever since I first heard it, was how do I add more value to my clients, my customers? Um, That question is really an invitation to generosity. Um, The people that I respect the most, the people who I really am pattering, pattering, Patterning? Why does that word sound strange? Help me out, Julie. Patterning? Is that what you're saying? Like, or modeling? <laughs> yeah. How about modeling? Like, you're Let's modeling. Go with modeling. Yeah, I like Let's that go one. with modeling. Okay. Let's go with modeling. The, the, the type of people that I am modeling myself after are the most generous people I know. And they're doing really, really well. Um, so that, that question of how do I add more value to my customers, um, is something that I just, I really want to challenge people to ask instead of things like, you know, how can I scale my business? How can I, um, how can I make more money? Um, it's just a, it, like I said, it's an invitation to generosity, but it, it, it transforms like our perspective. And so from a content creator's perspective, it's constantly this thing of what can I share that will really benefit other people so that they're asking the question, damn, this is, this is really great stuff and it's free. Like what, what do I get if I like pay to work with this person? And, um, and it, it, there's, there's just a lot of freedom that has come to me in, in asking that particular question over, any other one and asking it every damn day. Like it's, it's getting up and be like, okay, so here's what I've done today. How can I add more value to them? How can I add more value in this way? And what you find is it, what, what it really does is it transforms your perspective to this survival scarcity mindset to this one of abundance where you are giving out of the abundance of what you're learning. And you have to trust the fact that you're going to always learn something more that people are willing to pay or pay for. So that's what I, I love that. I love that. I mean, it really is. And I think that it is all about the value. It's kind of funny. You know, I met with somebody not too long ago and, you know, quite honestly, I am my business. Like I am very unique. I am very not duplicatable. I'm very, you know, like very customized. <laughs> I guess this, this woman's like, well, you know, you're not scalable. I'm like, I know, but at the same token too, like I customize and do everything for people to create a lot of value because I'm not cookie cutter. Right. And that is, 
And I don't want to be seen as cookie cutter. I mm. want to be able to create, you know, an experience because I really listen to my clients just like you do as well, right? Like really listening to where their needs are and what is holding them back so that we can get beyond that and, you know, really create the life of their dreams. Mm -hmm. So Michael, how do people like get a hold of you if they're looking to connect with you? Yeah, the easiest way is on LinkedIn at Michael Scott Overholt PhD. And if they want to email me, it's Michael at Anabasis LLC.com. Anabasis is spelled A-N-A-B-A-S-I-S LLC.com. And we will make sure we have all that contact information in yeah. the show notes because everybody's like, what? What was that? <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't quite get yeah. that. So we'll make sure we have that in the show notes. So my final question to you today is this. This is the Get Shit Done podcast. Mm -hmm. So what are you doing to get shit done in your own life this week? God. Great question. Um, prioritizing a night routine. Um, I will often be the person who pushes myself early in the morning, but then late at night and just burn myself down to the ground. And so um, learning how to turn things off is a big deal. So my, my goal is to really stop whatever I'm doing at nine o'clock in the evening and make sure that I'm, I'm kind of easing into maybe a book or a walk or a conversation with a friend, but just not being online at that point. I love it. See? Again, another example of being an entrepreneur. <laughs> yes, I like the early morning. I've got to get up early in the morning. So Yeah, you, my, you love what you do, and sometimes you do a little too much of it. But, yeah. you know, I mean, it just sometimes it doesn't seem like work when you really do love everything, because I know I do. Like, yeah. I mean, where else could I get paid to talk, right? Like, yeah. I mean, yeah. That's really what well, it comes down to. <laughs> well, I mean, I wasn't saying yeah to that. What I was saying was that I, you know, turning things off for me, like, what I realized is that after nine o'clock, I'm really not that productive because I've been going from about 4.30 in the morning. And so recognizing that, yeah, there's a push in me to, oh, I've got to get a little bit more done, but recognizing that I'm not going to be that productive. Why don't you just go ahead and get ready for bed and then go to bed, get some rest. Absolutely. I've been there myself. Like, you know, when I still know I have a lot of things to do, I'd rather go to bed and then mm. get up early and, you know, be mm. refreshed and be able to tackle it with a new like mindset. Cause by the end of the day, your brain has made like a gazillion decisions. Right. Yep. And then like, it just doesn't want to make one more decision. It just yep. wants to make the decision to go to bed. Come yeah. on, come on, let's go. Let's go to bed. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. <laughs> Well, Michael, thank you so much for taking the time to be on the podcast. It's been a fantastic conversation, and I'm so excited you were able to join us here today. I'm so glad to be able to join up with you on this, Julie. You're, I've been following you for a long time. I'm a big fan. Oh, well, thank you. Well, I'll have to get you some like, you know, like one of those like number ones, you know, like yes. the, the, foam, <laughs> the, foam the foam fingers and like I'll have to start making those and have like yeah. Julie Jones's picture on there so that I know who my fans are. I can send them out to them. <laughs> yeah. You got to have the hair. It's Woo! all about yeah, the hair. Yeah, you got to have the hair. Like, yeah, maybe that's what I need to do. Like visors or hats that got like yeah. spiky white hair. And that's what I need to send to people. That's I'd a great idea. I might You're have welcome. to look into, you know, to doing that. And I'll have to give you credit for that, Michael. Yeah, if you need a copywriter for the for That's the copy, right, that's right. I, I, you know, I know who I can call. That's right. So, all right, well, we're going to wrap it up for this week. This is Julie Jones signing off for another episode of the Get Shit Done podcast. As always, I appreciate each and every one of you for listening in. 
please go ahead and like, share, subscribe to this podcast. There are so many people out there that can benefit from this information. So the easiest way that you can support both Michael and I is get this information out to those people who can benefit from it. And as always, I'm here to support in any way that you need. You can find me at juliejones.biz. That's B-I-Z. And as always, have a productive, get shit done kind of week. We'll talk to you soon. Time is our most valuable asset. And I certainly do appreciate yours. Thank you so much for listening to the Get Shit Done podcast with me, Julie Jones. If this episode was helpful for you, please subscribe and give me a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcast. This goes a long way in helping others to find the show too. Are you ready? I mean, really ready to make the next step towards living your best life now? Then contact me at juliejones.biz to schedule your call with me. You can also find additional information on contacting me in the show notes. Be sure to tune in again next week for another episode of the Get Shit Done podcast. In the meantime, be sure to live your life with purpose and passion.